My name's Kate Breton, and you've found the Rebirth Podcast, a place where we share stories of women changing lives by living their own and finding magic in the mundane. This episode, we interview, really, though, really, we have a good chat with a dear friend and powerful, well, here's what she calls herself, a mother, wife, yogini, astrologer, herbalist, and creatrix. Her name is Danielle Kardricha, and she has been in the beauty business and then went into the studies of yogic sciences. She also dropped herself into herbalism in a mixture of her the way she meets life and creates solutions and also that same impetus that is asked, dare I say, demanded of those that mother children, whether they're your children or someone else's. Um, Kids present situations where you can't just say, "Mm, I'm not going to fix that. If you're present with a child, sort of on you. And Danielle and I talk about how 2020 has put a lot on those that are shepherding, educating, loving, and protecting children. And sit back and enjoy this episode. If you're a mama and you're like, I'm tired, I think this episode is a good place for you to laugh and hear that you aren't alone. Even if you're physically spending more time alone than you ever have, you're not actually alone. Enjoy the episode. You can find um, Danielle's insight and wisdom at mothercrafterbal.com. You can find more out about um, Greet Your Mornings, which is a... an offering that I'm doing with you guys who feel like you roll out of bed exhausted into your day and then at the end of the day you wonder where you were. We're going to be sharing wisdom practices to bring you back to yourself. Simple five minutes for 21 days to recalibrate you so you feel like you're a part of your own life. Yeah, you can find more about that at katebrenton.com and if you like the Rebirth podcast, hit subscribe. Those little things help spread the word. And this is a time where if you love something and you want to see it flourish, we have to do our part in making that. So thanks for tuning in. Enjoy. Hi, you found Rebirth with Kate Brenton, and I am honored with today's guest. You might as well make a cup of tea and sit yourself down. Don't do this one driving in your car because you're going to be pulling over wanting to write things down. We have Danielle (laughs) Garjarica with us today of Mothercraft Herbal. And Danielle, thanks for making the time. Thank you so much, Kate. I love chatting with you anytime. So fun. Are you coming? Where are you today in the world? So today, I just got back to uh, the Jersey Shore. We've been down here. I've been down here with the kids to try to make things semi-easier on myself um, with them so that we have many options of things to do outdoors. Mm -hmm. So I'm feeling good, too. I just came back from uh, the city, and our house is up for sale, and there are our offers coming in. So this week is a big week for me and I'm kind of like going to be in between living situations (laughs) for a little bit. Isn't it interesting? So for people who uh, who didn't listen and are still driving their car and they're looking for a place to pull over. So you're a mother of two, you're an herbalist, you're an astrologer and you're helper a healer is that fair to say can we take that word back into like um a a a person that makes themselves available for others yes yes i like that yeah Mm -hmm. i know those words are supercharged those words are so hard aren't they they really are because they were taken out of context they were and they They got used so much that like i'm like i they just don't it feels like an old like a small old coat or something. I don't, I can't, I can't wear them. I don't know. No, I have like a physical kind of like kind of pushing away of those words because I feel like there's (laughs) there's an expectation put upon them that then takes it right out of what it is. Mm. So, but that is the, so where, where, but now the person has an idea, you know, of where we're kind of journeying to, you have two children and this Uh is the summer of 2020 and that's what I'm calling it. 2020. (laughs) You don't need any further description. And, um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit. I mean, outside, I mean, this is one thing that 2020 has done is brought us all back outside, 
right? Yes. Yes. Thankfully, you mm-hmm. know, and, we were... I mean, that has been truly like, I think the greatest gift of all this. I do too. I think, you know, p- bread making <laughs> is on the rise. Um, yeah. Gluten-free is not so much of a conversation these no. days. because everybody... Nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> but I um I guess let's give the the listener a little bit of uh, the reader's digest of you just so we understand because unfortunately in today's society if you hear mother someone might be like oh and the channel changes in their brain. Yes. Which yes. is unfortunate and I think that's something you and I have in common of of also um re redefining not redefining the word, but having people remember what it is and how it's like, it's not a small thing. No, it's not. It's not. And we, I, I think we have as a society really made it seem that way because even like before I had kids, I just thought everyone was doing it. It must be like, I don't know, really easy. You know, like I, it just didn't ever occur to me that it would, well, I guess we should say this too. There are different kinds of parenting, right? Totally. So for some, you know, maybe it doesn't feel like that big of a, um, I think it feels like that for everyone though, for all moms. I mean, I can't imagine it wouldn't seem big, but I do know that if you're like, if you're a mom that's like, like an older mom, like you and myself, like we've done 20 years of work. Right. And like, now here we are with a little person and we're totally aware of all of our defects. And now we're being shown that actually like knowing about them and actually not transferring them are two totally different things. That is incredibly well said. It's almost a separate level of torture knowing it, is. it really is. I mean, that, and that word actually. might sound horrible, but it's like, oh no, there's almost this bliss if you could just kind of let it roll off. But in oh. knowing, you know, so yeah, in knowing that they're fully conscious beings and that, you know, the prayer for me is like, may the impressions, you know, the negative mm. ones only be superficial. You know, may I not leave <laughs> yes. a deep mark. Um, so you're a mother. You're a conscious yeah. parent, although that can also have its own charge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, but before you were a mom, in those 20 years of what you were doing work, you, what were you, give us a little journey into, you, you were doing hair. Is that true? Yes. I, um, right out of high school, became a hairdresser and had a job and, you know, loved what I did, worked for years and then eventually opened up. Um, my own place and it was born from wanting to um, create a more holistic uh, understanding of beauty and uh, trying our mission was like you know more about the inside and so as much as I love to make people feel good there was just as much, if not more, of my energy going into how can I help them feel good? Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. So, because they can leave with their hair look in a certain way, but how do they feel? And the one thing that I knew I gave when I did that was I I, I did great hair, you know, I was a a talented hairdresser, but my clients weren't coming for that. Mm -hmm. They were coming for like what was happening in the chair. Mm-hmm. And I, that was where I witnessed healing for the first time because I was also healing. They were healing. And be, just by being open right. and like, I would lay my hands. I never spoke about this to anyone um, until recently, but my whole time as a hairdresser and a sensitive person I would put my hands on them and I'd know immediately when they sat down why they were there. And I'm not talking about Mm -hmm. what they wanted done with their hair. Mm -hmm. And then I would reach into my bag of tricks because I had been, you know, going to this person, seeing this person, you know, I was seeking and healing and I had five years of a terrible opiate addiction. 
I went to sleep from the time I was 19 till 24. I completely shut off because I was so sensitive that I didn't know how to cope. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have tools. And then I got sober. And that's when I had my first awakening at 24 years old. That was like an act of providence that kind of shook me and woke me out of it. And then I just started doing all the work, you know, everything, yoga, became a yoga teacher, everything. So I had all the references to help my clients. So I sat there all day, 12 clients a day, five days a week, sending them here, do, read this book, do the, you know, like I was doing their hair, but I was their life coach. Really, For, mm-hmm. you know, that's a beautiful way to so, say it, that it's actually not even a new role. It just looks different. It just looks different, mm-hmm. you know, and like I can still now, you know, I, I will say like I, having the hands on someone every time I would put my hands on their shoulder, I would feel that I would receive. Mm-hmm. Right. So I don't have that now because I'm not touching people, right. but I can sit and use my charts and use what they're telling me and use my intuition to help share what someone so freely shared with me at one point, you know, like it's just passing it on. I feel like I'm not really doing anything. I'm just like balancing the checkbook. It feels like, or the, balancing the account you know it's like it comes in it goes out like that's you know like you got to give it yeah it's so that I mean you know aside from yeah do I have did I study with people and did I do all yes but I think what it really comes down to is that you know I'm just sharing what's helped me Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think <clears throat> when your intention is just that, you know, which is a very, you know, no matter what we're standing in right now, the reality is, is there's a lot of good in the world. There's a lot of good in the world. Yes. And a lot of us, when something we find something, whether it's really innocuous, like a good restaurant or a great place to go pick apples, what do you do? Oh, you need a place? You share it. Right. Yep. That's the human inclination That's is right. that you share it. And and to liken what you're sharing about, you know, bringing balance, that's a great way to describe it. Cause that's the truth of it. That's the truth of it. Yeah. And that's the way that it happens that everyone is filled up. It's when you, yeah, that's, that's amazing. And so you, you pass, yeah, it. you just yeah. pass it along. So you had a wildly successful hair um, stylist and salon and you also mm-hmm. um, journeyed fully into motherhood and then I'm imagining mm-hmm. the plate you know the plate and the balance of that needed to change and as a mother you got into herbalism and I don't you know you probably yeah. were interested in that earlier but like just for those that are listening kind of steering mm-hmm. the boat a little bit and I think herbalism is kind of making it I think 2020 also is helping with that some for, for some reasons, because moms need something to do, like learn a plant. You know, let's go yeah, outside. No, exactly. seriously. Like it's interesting yeah. how Mother Earth finds a way. But oh, yeah, mm, talk to us a little bit about because Mothercraft Herbal mm-hmm. is an amazing. I, you know, you and a couple other people that we know in common. I, I don't really like to call them products because then that it doesn't fully capture that it's like like my son loves your chamomile glycerin, and I'm like. Yes, I could make it, but I'm not going to. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not. I'm not. We're going to get another one of those because I've taught him to say hi, chamomile. So he's like, hi, oh. hi, chamomile, you know? So, oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's beautiful to know where your medicine is coming from, especially for your children. Yes. So talk to us a little bit about your relationship with the herbs. So the, um, the relationship with the herbs were introduced to me early on after I'd gotten sober. I started clearing out the alcohol, clearing out the diet, practicing yoga, you know, like everything. I was very, very rigid for like, I don't know, 10 years, I think. Mm-hmm. Trying again to find that balance because I had felt like I had ravaged my body. Mm. I had just just not respected it. 
at all because my mind took me so far away and unresolved issues and trauma, you know, and when I say trauma, you know, we use that word, but it's like, we think, uh, you know, like a car accident or a car wreck mm-hmm. or, you know, some type of major, it doesn't have to be that. A lot of us are walking around with really subtle yeah. trauma, right? Mm-hmm. And stuff we're not even aware of that's just in our psyche. And so I had started seeing Ayurvedic practitioners at that time and taking Ayurvedic herbs. So mm-hmm. I spent many years really just... um learning through the, the, the Ayurvedic herbs because I was taking them. Right. So that, that was like my, so I was learning as I was healing and all of these things. And then fast forward to having my first, my son, my first kid. And it was after that, when he had gotten eczema that I was like, okay. Um, and I went ahead and I started using all of the holistic natural, brands of, you know, creams and everything Everything. under the sun and Mm -hmm. and nothing was working. And so that's when I was like, okay, like I need to tune into this. And I just started to ask like my, cause I always, no matter what, even if I don't meditate in the morning or if I don't, um, practice, there's always something, there's a ritual every day where I acknowledge the elements, where I pray to my ancestors, where I pray to my chosen deities, whoever they are, and saints. You know, there's a day, there is a moment at the beginning of every day where I acknowledge that. And I was sitting, just asking for help because it was really like, I felt really helpless. And, um, and that's when I just started to study on my own. There you have it. I need to just do this myself, Mm -hmm. you know, and so it was very um, unofficial in the beginning because I was whipping up things and seeing what's going to work and trying this and trying that. And eventually I had a cream that worked and I had a and, and then when my second child came along, my daughter, hers was even worse. And it sent me like out of my body because the cream didn't work for her. It only mm. worked for my son. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't understand. And then that's when I started to go, okay, we need to start thinking about the elements here. Obviously mm. he's different than her. What is different? What is, I mean, like, it was like I had charts and do you know what I mean? I was really trying to get to the bottom of this. I'm being I'm like, quiet because I want I don't, you know, I can have a, yeah. Yeah, what my, what I'm hearing though is a beautiful, um, I mean, yes, I know what you mean. And I think it's such a, an amazing message specifically right now, because the more isolated we are in 2020, there's so much information that's great that we keep discounting what is available to us. Yes. So what I'm hearing is, and you don't have to be a mother for this to be your experience. You could even have, um, you know, like before I was a mother of a person, I, I very seriously still do take the mothering of my animals and, and you have an animal and they're in pain and you will, you will scour everything you have. So it's that, it's that, that love will drive that education. And so what I'm hearing is a great reminder to anyone that, it is helpful to seek outside sources. It's also helpful to, to reference internally and not forget that you can be putting those pieces together on your own. Like life yes. was handing to you, okay, Danielle, like what do we know here? And it was like, as I was like, oh, right. that's exactly what you did. Like, what can I observe instead of like running to scroll, you know? Exactly. Running to scroll or running to someone that's sitting in an office somewhere who has never spent time with my child. Right. That's going to tell me somehow what I need to do for my child, you know, and that's when the light bulbs really started going off. And that's when like a whole new level of going in Mm. came about because that's when I realized, so there's birth, right? We, we recognize in birth that no one is actually going to ever help us birth our child. No one. It's us, right? So there's that whole reckoning coming 
Hi. Hi. <laughs> so I'm not cutting this out. We're going to talk back about birth. Um, the uh. Anchor app couldn't quite Oof. hold that bandwidth. So it's, um, and I think that's the serious, I mean, I, I, I think this is the conversation that needs to be heard right now. Yeah. But the same thing, because I was literally saying, you know, that moment that you come up against birthing a baby where you know it's just you like it is just you and the scariest feeling for me it was the scariest thing and then the most liberating thing as well and but the same thing happens again you know like raising these kids and like being confronted with situations and then having this like, okay, like I can't, I, I can't like, um, why, why is it not working for her and it's working for him? Like, and then having to go deeper into that you know, and not rely on anyone outside of me and trust that I know best for my kids. And we live in a society that does everything they can to convince you that you don't. I'd agree with that. So I felt I was up against so much, like with the eczema and, you know, I don't want to go too deeply into the, the childhood stuff, but like the vaccines, decisions that we make as parents that mm -hmm. don't get supported by outside forces should not keep us from not listening to ourselves. Because I did find a recipe that helped her eczema. And it wasn't the same one as his, but she has her own. And that's where the alchemy comes in and the elements come in. And that's where I started to just really, truly, even though I was reading books, receiving from in, within what to do. You know, there's a couple of things. So one, I was a home birth that went C-section. And so I think the first year of my child's life was reckoning that because I just assumed I was going to do it. And yeah. although I did have, you know, a complication, I still did some searching inside of myself that, you know, I was sort of terrified to be a mother. And I think that emotionality mm -hmm. played into the, into the physicality. I mean, what I had is a banded uterus. So that meant that half of my uterus wasn't going to be participating in the squeezing out. Right. So, yeah, which is kind of like, <laughs> can't right. really get much done, Kate. <laughs> but but I tried, I tried. <laughs> and you know, and who knows what that means? Like, I'm right. not, I just feel like since you're sharing and this is the container, so let's give yes. context, right? And then I also agree with you, and I think this circles back to the beginning when we were joking about why isn't it working is, I think things keep evolving for humanity, which means parenting needs to evolve. And I know we've had an mm -hmm. offline conversation about this, that some of that evolution is forward. And then it's, it's actually going what you think is backward to like, oh, I thought I had to evolve away from these family practices, but actually those family practices worked. But actually yes. I can only braid that in because I evolved. The, and when I say evolved, I truly mean that in the not the hierarchical sense, but in the sense of, you know, who, what I knew as a sophomore in college needed to evolve mm. as a, like that wise fool that we all are. Like we get knowledge and we try things yeah. and then we know everything. And then after we know everything, we realize we don't know that much. Like that, that kind of actual evolution of wisdom and knowledge. And, and I think it is, you know, if we want to have that conversation, like it, it is, uh, tricky if you buy into the concept that children are intact, sentient beings of which the actions and decisions made for them have a lifelong effect. And I think everyone's going to go, Kate, of course I agree with that. I'm like, are you okay? But then we would have to, which will, maybe will be a different episode or not, um, deconstruct what some of those accepted choices are. And I'm not even... Yeah talking about vaccines, although that is something I would highly recommend every listener doing their own personal research on. Yeah. Um, 
there's just other things that we do. And people say, he's just a kid. I'm like, yeah, that's my point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For the yeah. interpretation, that's my point. Yes. Is that he is just a kid. And so what is imprinted in the subconscious now will be feeding the lifeline of some of his major stories for my son for the rest of his life, you know, no pressure. Yeah. None. None. So I think what's interesting about what you're saying about um, sourcing yourself. I also remember when I was in Hawaii and learning a little bit about Hawaiian culture and I was teaching at that college at the same time, I remember saying to a really good friend of mine, like, how can I, <laughs> so, so arrogant. How can I help? these students and the person looks at me is like get them back outside hawaiian mm -hmm. humans are supposed to be outside mm -hmm. and I'm, like, I'm mm -hmm. still on right wow so it's interesting that i think herbalism in some ways or forest school or you know what i mean like there's these yes. things that we're not totally thinking about that keep keep bringing the kids and also the adults back outside Yes. And I think that what we find when we're outside, because, you know, I'll quote uh, one of our, or not quote, but speak on one of our favorite poets and mystics, uh, John O'Donoghue. <laughs> I mean, he will tell you, you know, it doesn't need, see, I used to do all these elaborate practices, right? right. And I spent three hours a day prior to the kids doing these practices so that I could function, thrive in this world. Because I had, not that I had afflictions, but like those were my maintenance things. I did my meditation. I did my asana. I did all, I ate good, you know, like I did the things to maintain. But then, you know, what about the simple act of sitting on a porch or, or sitting on a beach or sitting on a mountain for a half hour and just staring out mm -hmm. and observing the birds and observing the mountains and opening yourself up to receive because that's what I think I learned so much like diving more into like just bringing myself out and like experiencing things like granted, like I said, I was studying with teachers as well and experiencing things, but like going out and seeking direct connection with the source. And, you know, we we're sitting in our room meditating, trying to find God and that's fine. You can, but you could also walk to the beach and you could also walk, hike the mountain and look for the messengers, which for me come in the form of plants, animals, and dreams. You know, so there's, and journeys, like doing, um, um, journeying uh, meditations where you, you know, travel back in your family line and things like that. <laughs> Daniel, you mentioned um, journeying meditations. Can you explain what that might mean? Someone yeah. Yeah. I, I think um, so people may, may understand it uh, from like a yoga nidra perspective. So it's a deep relaxation. I mean, you can do it while you're sitting up, um, but it's more just like a guided meditation into relaxation and then a journey. So like um, what I've done in, in workshops and retreats is take people into the yoga nidra experience, getting them fully relaxed mm -hmm. and then doing a guided meditation. So like Dharma Mitra, um, who I studied with in New York, he always added this to his yoga nidras because the yoga nidras were about 20 minutes at the end of his classes. And that was how I always taught. The yoga nidra was the most important part. Mm. And that's not a very popular thing to do. So not many people go to those classes, <laughs> except not in the cities, you know, it seems like mm -hmm. people want like to move, move, move. But, um, in that situation, so like you, you would be having a yoga nidra for say 20 minutes. And after relaxing the body, 
and taking, I, I, I like to do, um, because they were more like herbal, um, ancestral journeys was just to kind of take, take the people to a specific location in nature and have them observe what's there and take them maybe to a cabin and who opens the door at the cabin and sitting down at the table, um, having a discussion or a conversation or receiving something from the person that's opening the door. And a lot of times what happens in these things is our ancestors will come through to assist or the plants that, you know, you take a flower from the garden or you choose an herb to take with you as you leave the, the forest. That's like the gift that you're taking home with you. And then based on what plant it is, it symbolizes something much deeper. I'm going to ask you two questions. And one is probably a pragmatic one. And one is um, whatever the opposite of that is. It sounds like with the relaxation of the body, we're gaining entrance to the subconscious. Exactly. That's exactly what we're doing. So we're taking the body into the yoga nidra, but then also allowing it without, with the body totally relaxed and the mind kind of further away, Mm -hmm. we can then step into that in between, right? So it's like when the sun, the liminal spaces where the water meets the sand, when the sun hits the horizon, whether it's rising or setting, these are like transitional moments where we pierce that veil, that, that unseen veil that where the other world of magic and our world can coexist for a short period of time. And we can receive that. Dr. Claressa Pinkola Estes in, the, in a, a famous book, you know, w- Women Who Run With Wolves, references that there's... Which there's, I am so ashamed I have not read. Totally I fine. That wasn't one of those... Person. Yeah, no, it's... <laughs> and I'm not trying to, like, cite, but what I... And I won't be able to cite this correctly, so don't be worried. Like, like don't... In it... So it's a lot about storytelling, and in it, this is the first place I've heard someone else say it so... Um, practically Mm. and she says some people talk about that some of the sheaths of the body being that liminal space and that in that fascia and in the spinal fluid Mm. is the same liminal access of the in-between where it's we see it as perhaps something we don't understand as and as immunity but it's really the access between form and formless she she just blew that's amazing yeah Yes, because we, I also have experienced entrance through different parts of my body. Right. So that's the other thing. Like if you're, if I I started doing it when I was struggling with um, back pain Mm -hmm. and I had debilitating back pain. So I would do these long yoga nidras to try to go in and find out what was really going on because our body will talk to us for sure. It wants to actually, it wants to. And like, Mm -hmm. we, we have to create that space. And it's like the last thing you want to do in pain is lie down and like, try to, to meditate and go in, but it, it truly, and sometimes we need a little help, right? Maybe we take a little mugwort before we do it. Why would we take mugwort? So like mugwort, would be uh, an herb that expands like the third eye. Okay. So it gives us sight. It's connected to the triple goddess in Celtic herbalism and um, Celtic mythology. Even mugwort is to the Northern Europeans, what white sage is to the native Americans. Mm. So someone could and just, you know, because sometimes it's not easy to ask these questions. That means this is just a regular plant herb. This isn't an herbal plant that you have to be afraid of. Or that You could just go get like a tincture. You could go to a tea shop, right? You could Absolutely. find mugwort that way. If you don't, if you can't identify her outside and depending on where you oh, are, yeah. I mean, she might be in your yard. But if not, are yeah. you telling people you drink mugwort? You burn? Like, what does that mean? So for, for uh, I do all the things with it. Um, I definitely, I use mugwort um, and like different resins 
So like frankincense or copal or um, uh, myrrh. I love burning those. Why? For, for cleansing, for purifying the space. When you think back to like these were these resins were they. They are so ancient and um, they go back really would be part of like the South American culture, but like ancient, you know, Aztecs, Incas, you know, like ancient, ancient cultures. So um, I love those for purifying the space, but I always include mugwort. Um, For one, it's, it represents the triple goddess. So it's a, it's a very feminine uh, presence. I look at the herbs as also, I, I think a good example would be, so in Ayurveda, we can look at Tulsi, right? We have no mm-hmm. problem saying that Tulsi is actually the embodiment of, of Tulsi, the, of the goddess, you know, for, and, and mm-hmm. she, she came as the plant to show her devotion to Vishnu, right? So that's kind of where we can go with all the herbs. These are beings. They're not just growing out of the ground. They have an energy. They have an element. They're connected with a particular planet. So all of this is going on. And this herb of mugwort, I do drink it. I like to drink it before I do my reading so that it helps me open the channels. Mm -hmm. It's very bitter. So I don't use much of it and I mix it with other herbs. It also can be used to, it's an amenagogue. So it's very good for women that bleed heavily. So you would take mugwort internally if you are someone that has very, very heavy, painful periods. This will help slow the bleeding and kind of bring the body back into balance. And then I also use mugwort as a tincture, mostly I have a combination of three plants that I like to use if I'm doing journey work or if I'm wanting to sink into a deep meditation, I'll call on a, those allies and, and take a dropper full before I embark on, on those things. And then I also make sw- smudge wands with mm-hmm. the mugwort because I like to connect to my ancestors through that smoke. Because in my mind, they were engaging with this plant as well, the same way. Okay. So would it be fair to say the one of the thing, the one of the plants that is very accepted in the current culture is the coffee plant? And no one yes. has a problem understanding, self-included, but I'm a kind of a coffee snob now, that you we don't think of it as a plant. But you actually are taking an herbal plant in the Mm -hmm. morning with a bitter taste and a zap of caffeine. And we, a bunch of us, take that to like start our day. So I wouldn't say, I mean, in different cultures, it's different. You know, um, you could have coffee at night and I understand that. But I'm just saying like there's this idea that like I'm going to start my day and I'm going to start it with coffee. So that same thing that you're like, oh, well, Kate, that's different. It's actually not. Mm -hmm. You could say okay, you know, I am, you know, I'm wanting to write my journal and I used to go to a yoga class, but it's not accessible to me and my house doesn't feel the same as the yoga studio did. So you could get some dried mugwort and burn it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To like cha- change your space, the change way that you, space. you change a pillow <clears throat> accent. Like, I think what I'm hearing from what you're saying is that you can look, if you have a yard or if you are near a park, you can look at that as, oh, that's just the outside. Or the more you sit with it, the more you can, you, you know, for some people to hear a plant is a deity, which is across a lot of cultures that there are stories that yes. interconnect deities and the, the plant realm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if that feels like a lot to you, you could also make the invitation of like, well, who is in my yard? You might not even know who's in your yard, right? And that can be an invitation, kind of what you're saying in the beginning about going in. I mean, 
what is alive around you is not just if you, you know, you may be living alone, you may be living with others, you may have a pet, you may not, but you can start that slowing down. If you're feeling isolated, you could choose to take an experiment of engaging with the plant world. Is that fair? Yes. Yes. And I, I love that idea too, because especially now, and mm-hmm. I know this may not be a popular thing to say, we, even though we're apart from one another, it's actually not good to be engaging with a lot of people right now anyway, because right. the energies are so heightened. And if you are at all sensitive, you're going to struggle knowing what's yours and what's someone else's because the collective now, you don't even need to leave your home. You feel the collective, you wake up and you're like angry and you're like, wait a minute, nothing's happened yet. I haven't even put my foot on the ground. Why do I feel this way? And it's because we're surrounded by everyone's emotions right now. Everyone has thoughts, emotions. They're all getting projected outward. We got media. We have all this stuff. And, and we have our plant friends that, that, that has been my refuge. I mean, it's always my refuge, but it has really been my refuge now because they offer us this opportunity to engage in a dialogue with something outside of ourselves that actually guides us into ourselves. Mm. So it's like, if you feel at all like kind of uh, scared about trying to embark on your own sitting or whatever, just go and sit and see what happens. Pick something, pick anything you see, walk into the forest, see what catches your eye because it's catching your eye for a reason Mm -hmm. and go find out why. Because they have so much to share with us and you don't have to be like, I would say you have to be a little sensitive and, and, and humble, right? Like right. approach with humility, but they will share what they're meant to share. And not, not all of them are going to share a lot, you know, and, but they're there for us to lean on, I guess, is my, they are there to help us. They're allies and they've been waiting, you know, for us to call on them. And now more than ever, we can use them because they aren't tainted with a Mm -hmm. political opinion and a, and a side and a, and a view and all of that. They're coming pure speaking directly to you about what you need. If that makes sense. Oh, it does. It it deeply does. And so this journey with herbalism that you have now started if someone's listening I just want to remind them that you know it started in a little bit of frustration and personal sovereignty right like you didn't know all the things you had no yeah no and 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 what was even more frustrating was all the people that I see to help me couldn't help my kids And like I said they even the cream that I had made for my son that still works for him today didn't work on my daughter, you know, and that's where I started to see the interconnectivity. That's where Celtic Vedic overlapped for me. That's where everything stars and plants overlapped. And because once you start approaching things elementally, you can put them in their boxes and then you can figure it out because you're like, okay, that's air. This is water. This is fire. This is this. And trying to figure out, you know, obviously, because there are several plants that can help you with one ailment. There are several. And I think what we've gotten into is this allopathic um, kind of mindset with herbalism, too. So, like, oh, you have this, we'll take this. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Because if you are, a good example for this would be like, uh, like ashwagandha, right? 
If you are a fiery person naturally and you need a um, um, adaptogenic herb, right? You're, if you're a very fiery, pitta-y person, like you carry a lot of that fire element, I'm not going to think of ashwagandha to give to someone like that because that's only going to increase that energy, that fire energy, because that's what ashwagandha is. It's, it's related to the element of fire. But I could go over to Tulsi, Rishi, and I'm not going to be on fire and I'm going to balance out my adrenals. So what I'm also hearing, uh, and when you're talking about the plants, is another thing that is actually coming up in 2020, that what works for one person may not work for someone else. And the only way you'll know that is if you know from where you stand. Mm. And I don't mean that mm. as in right or wrong. I mean, if you're off balance, and yes. the only thing you're doing is looking to what worked for somebody else, which is not a bad place to start. Like, no. sometimes if you're off, sometimes it's even hard to want to get back up. So if you're down and you're trying to get back up and your, your intuition is saying, well, what is available to me? That's a fantastic place to start. And then as you start your curiosity and that, that fire grows, it's good to remember that that's a place to start, but it's only the internal that's going to tell you if that's the right answer, mm. you know? And I think the ancient medicine is one of the things that like has really gotten pushed out as a time waster is talking. <laughs> right? Yeah. Talk, talking, you know, it's like, oh, well, this drug works 87% of the time. It's like, well, 87 isn't a hundred. So that means we should talk to the patient or, um, you know, we're all experiencing a different situation right now as mother, as uh, working from home, as child, as caretaker. And I just hear a lot in what you're saying that if we're looking for answers, we might do well looking at things that we think are very primitive because they're actually alive, dynamic and adapting. Mm, yes. Yeah. And I think, you know, we had started to see like this idea of, because I was, I, I did it too. I, I was on a mission for a teacher, you know, I was always seeking a teacher, even since a kid, you know, like always wanting that because I was hungry mm -hmm. for all types of things. I have so many interests and, but like getting into the yoga world and finding the guru and finding the person that, you know, can kind of open that up. But I was very fortunate to come in contact with a teacher that wouldn't allow me to make him my teacher. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize the gift in that until recently, the last couple of years, because what I, I see the dangers in that, how people, it's great if you can, if you get in touch with your, if you find the guru and the guru leads you inside and says, now you have it. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. But if you find the guru that just keeps giving you little bits so that you keep coming back and you're still there, you know, we can have, we can honor our gurus, but if we haven't stepped into our own sovereignty, mm -hmm. it's not going to go anywhere. Well, I think that's part of what 2020 is. And if you're listening and you're like, Oh, well, I don't do yoga. I don't think that dynamic is only in that situation. Mm. I yeah. think that dynamic of, um, I think in our whole life, we rotate through being teacher and, and student, right? So like, yes, so many. And I think what you're speaking to now is there always with the interconnectedness of everything, there always is going to come a moment where the answer has to come from within. And that's, you know, we're all going to get knocked off of that. But let's not make it so easy so that we say to someone else, I would like to give you all of my power. And uh, well-being. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> please, please handle it kindly. Please and, and, and right. And don't we do that in birth? Yeah. We do we the do same it thing. We do it everywhere. Well, we're actually kind of taught to do it. And we're I think that's part of it. Over. Yeah. We're taught to hand it over. And so if you're, if you've made it this far and you're listening, no, I'm serious. No, I'm serious. Yeah. If, if you're, if you're tracking, then that means that the thing that you're, 
you're wrestling with now, you, you know the answer. Oof. That's what I was thinking when you said that. That's why I mm-hmm. chuckled. Because I'm like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because that's just it. It's like we, I mean, it, 2020 has really shown up. You know, it's like if there was any doubt that we have to turn within, um, uh, that message came loud and clear. And it's almost dangerous not to turn inward now. I'd go as far as saying that. It's actually dangerous if you're looking outside of yourself. You know, you could end up in a really scary place because we don't know right now. So much light or so much darkness is surfacing. And a lot of what we think is light is not light. So there's a lot of confusion right now. So I wouldn't trust myself outside choosing things, you know, like me personally, I feel right now, I, my world is becoming smaller, smaller, smaller. I'm going in and I'm giving most of my energy to my children because that's what's called, that's what's being asked of me right now. I have to say for the listener though, that you doing smaller, you, you can run really wide, meaning you are one of those people. This is a compliment, but it's just a fact. You can carry, you have had phases in your life that you can carry several businesses, several ideas. Is that a fair way to say it? Several yeah. projects. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's all I'm trying to say. So, yes. so I think, you know, it's not um, for someone listening that you, I think we're, we're all created a little different and it's not better or worse, but some of us run really a lot of larger projects. Yeah. And so what I'm hearing is in this phase of your life right now, your default of running is being asked to recalibrate. And it's like, no, no, actually this, um, this meal, just this meal, not, you're not running a restaurant right now. We don't need you to run a restaurant. (laughs) Yes. Because you've run some small. And I think the reason I'm articulating that is that for some people, they were running only on a meal and they're being asked to run the restaurant. And some people that were running restaurants need to be focusing just on lunch. And, and that goes back to listening to inside and what looks like to one person is, Oh, she's just handling lunch. Well, by the way, that lunch is a metaphor for raising two human beings and homeschooling them and taking care of them all the time. So I'm also not trying to make it seem small. I just feel like you're giving such an invitation for someone to consider. Well, is the way I've always done it being asked of me right now. Right. And, and it's really hard to change. You know, that can be a hard thing. It's a, it's so hard to change. And, and I think, you know, we talk about 2020 and it's so funny, like 2020 seeing clearly and all that. <laughs> I honestly feel like I can look at anything on this planet right now and know 100% if it's for me or not. Mm-hmm. Like I am 2020. <laughs> I am so 2020. Like I, there is no confusion anymore. (laughs) It's fantastic. Right? Because Mm -hmm. it really is so, that's how, that's what it's like. Things are just showing us. Like, I'm just kind of following the signs like everybody else, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm waking up every day to a new reality. We have mm-hmm. a new reality every day. Mm-hmm. And we have an unknown every day. And yet, we still got to make the pancakes. We still got to make <laughs> it, you know, we're still doing the mundane. And we have very little magic. Unless you look real, real close. Yes. Which is what you're telling us to do. You have to. You have to find the magic because the magic is what was present when you were a child before your ego kicked in. You lived in magic. You lived in magic till you were seven years old and they shut Mm -hmm. it off. And now we are experiencing all this unrest and the, the antidote is nature. And what does nature do? She brings us back to the magic. Mm-hmm. So if we can balance that mundane stuff, because I will be like, I'm going to be Philly honest right now. 
the fucking mundane for me, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's a daily struggle for me to not have, I like, I just don't like day to day. I don't like the small things, right? But mm-hmm. what I have found through this is that if I just do the small things and seek my magic, it's fine. I just have to find it though. It's not going to show up at my doorstep. And it's not like, and it's not that hard to find. That's the thing. It's like, I thought it was this whole thing, but it really is as simple as sitting in a rocking chair on a porch for five minutes and being quiet. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if there's a better place to sum that up. You have to, you have to find, it's the porch. You have to find, (laughs) you have to find your magic. You you have to look for it. And in in the mere fact and believing in it and looking is how it arrives. If you let it. And that could be in anything, any, any type of artistic thing too. Cause I, I can, I got back into my needle felting again Mm. and, and I'm, you know what? I'm crying a lot. I'm crying every time I'm doing it because I, I'm taking out the trash every time mm. I poke that needle. And guess what? I don't have to go to therapy for it. I can move it through my body in ways that work for me. Sometimes it's throwing my arms around and putting on music and dancing. Sometimes it's pounding a needle into, a, into wool until I can't cry anymore. You know? But it moves. You just got to move it. You got to move, move that it. darkness. And maybe they see you for a, a treatment, you know, like whatever it is, you've got to find the thing that's going to move the muck to, bit, to get the light because we got to dig really deep for the light now. I, I agree with you. It, it's, it's a moment where everyone needs to be doing their part and what your part may not be noticed by anybody else, but it's, it's integral. Yeah. I love that image of, of the porch and you oh. of, of the magic and the mundane. And if people, we know that you are going to be delving into the, the universe of, of homeschooling <laughs> and, um, and, and the, the mundane, I guess, since that was the return that was used. And if people wanted to stay connected with you and I've listened to this podcast and I'm like, Oh my gosh, she has so much more to teach me, which the answer is yes, she does has more to teach all of us. Where do people just stay connected to you for when there is an offering or if they want to reach out? How do people find you? So a good place to go is to the website and sign up for the newsletter. Oh, perfect. Um, What I normally do or what I should say what I have been doing is I do usually do two blogs a month um, and post them on Instagram with the link to the website. But now... I, I'm, I'm reconfiguring things, moving in as we all are. We're trying mm-hmm. to maneuver so that we can stay present, stay feeling the inspiration, but also figure out our own um, home schedules and stuff. So I think what I may, I started this a couple months ago, collecting emails um, and just maybe delivering the newsletter via your inbox and not having to keep up with the Instagram. I'm still on mm-hmm. Instagram now, but I'm just saying there, that may be a little dormant in the future. So that's why I'm kind of calling on people to sign up for the newsletter because I'm still going to write my blog. It's just good because delivery. I read it every month. There's so much. I would like to say that you're so, you know, what we didn't mention is that your, your heritage is Irish. So Celtic is kind of reengaging with your ancestry. And then you've studied in Vedic. And I feel like your storytelling and your um, your specificity, because to understand what's going on, on the planet requires a relationship with specificity, but it but it's accessible to me. And I feel like I kind of like okay, how uh, normally it lands with me or I feel it right away or I'm like, okay, what's coming? Like, I, and I value mm. that because I don't necessarily need someone to predict for me. That's not why right. I look for that. <laughs> I'm looking for like, a, like I've mentioned before when I've talked with you, like a weather report, like how is this relating to me or what is being asked? Mm. Because it's being pre- pre- 
again, if you're like, I don't believe in that, you don't have to. You're standing on the planet. It's what's happening. Yeah. It, doesn't, it yeah. doesn't need your belief to be true. It, it is true. And in these moments where everyone's kind of redoing their bathroom, you might want to start <laughs> to pay attention to what's going on with the planets as well. Yes. Not the bathroom reno is not bad. I'm just saying you have some extra time in some places. So might want to add that newsletter to your list of indulgences, right? Even if that's how it's seen. So mothercraftherbal.com is where they can find you. Yes. And that's also your um, handle at mothercraftherbal. Is that true? Yes. So it's um, mother, uh, mothercraft underscore herbal. That's there is right. an underscore in, the, underscore in there. And um, the other thing is, as far as like, obviously, retreats and um, workshops and stuff like that, all of those, for obvious reasons, have been on hold. Um, and but that will also be touched on, you know, in the future newsletters. So like where things are going. Um, That's why I think it's smart for someone to grab on now, because you know what, the world will recalibrate and we yes. will be gathering again. Yes, so we will. it's better to just ha have the dial in and so that we can be with the people that we want to be with when mm. we're celebrating, right? Yes. And staying in, in spaces of light. Yeah. You know, right? Like, I, I, you know, I think we're all on information overload. And if it can save us a trip to social media, it's probably a good thing, right? <laughs> I love when your Philly comes out. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Oh, Danielle, this was amazing. And I know you'll be back on. We'll do something in the winter. Okay? Oh, and I love you so much. And just I love to you. say, I read your, as I let you know every month, I read oh. your newsletter because you also recalibrate me. <laughs> it takes a team. It I does. appreciate that. Thank you so much for your time. Thank Have a beautiful you. rest of your day. Okay. You bye, too, Kate. Bye.